Previously on Worlds Away. I suppose it was only a matter of time before you met the newest member of the council. Last time, we stood in front of a crowd that wasn't exactly pleased to see us. You froze up. Here they are, everyone. Take a look at the kind, friendly faces of Terran imperialism. It is a sad day indeed when a councilwoman of Cetus decides that only half of the people of her planet are hers. You were ready to subdue a crowd that you thought was going to be incited to violence. I'd say this is exactly what you expected. I tend to try to subdue the crowd before they're incited to violence, though. Did you buy a gift for someone? It's Shaw's order. I picked it up. He ordered himself a gift box of... I didn't take him for the type. So yeah, so go ahead and roll, scope it out. Come on. Oh my god. Oh shit. Snake eyes. We see a man is probably in his late 30s and is wearing a kind of like trench coat, I guess. Oh no. And then he picks up his slate and walks out of the room and is like going to talk into the slate. It's possible that whoever sabotaged the plant didn't know what they were doing but it's also possible whoever sabotaged the plant never intended for there to be a meltdown just a public crisis what's the goal there bring us here have an excuse to call us in i believe we may be able to get more information from the opposition than from the council on our side and i am suggesting that we go to the barrows that we you and i go to the barrows Correct. A few minutes ago, I ordered the arrest of Councillor Ruby Watson on suspicion of sabotaging the Lindus power reactor. On the slate at this point, we see video from what looks like a security camera in the hall outside of the reactor. There's a noise from off camera. And as one of the three figures looks back, apparently to see what caused the noise, we can finally see her face which is framed almost perfectly by her bright, metallic pink hair. Welcome to Worlds Away, an actual play storytelling podcast. I'm your game master, John Ossip, and with me today we got Haley Daria. Hello. Lauren Woolbanks. Herc. Michael Morales. Hi. And Mo Shatara. Happy Wrath, everybody. Thank you. All right. So we left off at the end of last episode um, with a kind of divide in the party. Back at the council hall, we saw Leela and Mara learning that 
Randall Lawrence, the head of public safety, had ordered the arrest of Ruby Watson, who is the pink haired counselor who was kind of leading the protests earlier. And Arno and Nasir were kind of headed toward Ruby's office in the Barrows, which is a kind of neighborhood of Lindis, this main city on Satis. So I think I want to start off with Arno and Nasir, uh, who we last saw walking into the Barrows. So the two of you are walking down a street, uh, which again is one of those elevated metal pathways that kind of connects the structures of the city. Um, as you're walking, most of the buildings that you see are residential, uh, but there's also a few shops around you that are accessible from street level. Um, so I want to ask, as you're walking, are Arno and Desir talking to each other, or kind of what are they doing as they move down the street? Yeah, I think Arno would be trying to make the game plan here. Um, I'm very okay. invested in trying to figure out... We're walking into a lion's den of sorts here in Desir. <laughs> so... Um, Okay, so where we last left this off, uh, you were you had just incited a riot with these people, <laughs> and we're walking in the front door, and I'm wearing a Republic fleet uniform. Um, so what's your plan? I think that we need to speak with the councilwoman face-to-face in a non-crowd setting and understand more about what's going on here. And what her grievances are with the Republic. Currently, all we have is rhetoric, and that's not particularly helpful in understanding what the real challenges we face are. I was hoping we could just go see her. Right, and so I don't know what your experience is after inciting a a riot among people that we are about to go visit, but if the situation (laughs) looks dangerous, we need to get out of there and prioritize our escape over trying to force the situation if you will i defer to you on matters of safety lieutenant if you need to pull us out of there i will follow orders and then before i I, like keep walking i'll stop for a sec and i'll just be like try not to kill anyone i haven't yet so i i think when you say that arno Several hundred feet away from you, kind of further down the street, you see like a small vehicle that's kind of a cross between a scooter and a motorcycle. And it it pulls up and kind of stops directly in front of you. And it appears to be blocking the intersection that's at that distance down the street. And this vehicle has flashing lights on it. And a few seconds later, you see a series of three cars drive down the road sort of heading toward the east so away from the barrows and then after they pass the intersection the smaller vehicle that was stopped in front of you um, pulls away to follow them and as you continue approaching this intersection you can hear a murmur of noise from a crowd on the street and it's coming from the left around the corner were there any uh, markings on the vehicles um Hmm. I think it might have been a little too far away to see if there were markings, mm. but there were flashing lights on it and, and it looked like it was official. Okay. I'll uh, shoot a glance at here. So um, that's a flag. <laughs> I don't disagree. Uh, and at that point, I'm like visibly, I think I blanch a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the car driving away from the office or towards the office? Away from the Barrows, back east barrows. toward where the council hall is. I'm going to pull out my slate and just check the news. <laughs> like, is there anything happening here that is like, you know, doesn't seem good? Yeah. So I, I think on your slate, if you pull out your slate, you don't see anything yet on there. Hmm. Well, I suppose we should go find out what happened. This year, given that those flashing lights are moving away from the barrows. Either there was some business that was conducted here that has just finished, uh, or the business was to take something away from here and finish. And so uh, I think it's really important that we look as non-threatening as possible over here. So I'm going to open this box of Canale, and you're going to gesture at it occasionally, possibly reach for one and eat it as we walk down the street. You and I are having a very comfortable conversation, but I need you to be paying attention to the people around us as we're having this conversation. Do you understand? I'll pop up in the box and eat a Canale. Okay. Please be on the lookout for anyone who holds a gaze at us for too long. We do look unusual, and that's fine. But if they start to look away, that means they don't see us as a threat. If they keep focusing on us, we're in danger and we need to get out. Understood. Thank you, Lieutenant. So I think at this point, I want to cut away to Leela and Mara. So back inside the council hall, the two of you are in the same meeting room that you were brought to when you first arrived on Satis. Um, and in the room with you, we have Herman Eastling, who's the chair of the council, and then also Randall Lawrence, the head of public safety, who just shared with you the news that he had ordered Ruby's arrest. Um, and he's currently holding a slate up to his ear. Uh, but after a few moments, Randall takes the slate away from his ear and makes a couple taps on the glass. Uh, and then he turns to you and says, I've just received word that constables have taken Ms. Watson into custody and are currently bringing her to the Office of Public Safety. We've also obtained Ruby's comms records from the day of the sabotage. While her slate was on for most of the day, there's a two-hour window where she was completely disconnected. So just to reiterate, the kind of last thing he showed us was the video of like security footage that yeah he claims is from the reactor exactly yeah and it seemed to show um kind of at the last second as she was walking past the camera somebody this figure in the camera turned around and faced the mm-hmm. sort of the camera directly and and it was ruby watson so i just want to say like lila's perspective on this is she doesn't really i mean this year literally told us don't trust him. And I think she's going to angle to try to talk to Ruby and get her side of this because this just seems suspicious, especially after we tried accessing that footage and we couldn't find anything. I mean, Lauren failed the role, but uh, thank you. You know, Lila doesn't know that. Uh, so, yeah. 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 So I think after he says that, Herman Eastling, who's also in the room, kind of turns and says, Randall, wasn't there any way that this could have been handled more quietly? Couldn't we have waited for... And then he's kind of cut off by Randall Lawrence, who says, the evidence against her is clear, Herman. And if we hadn't moved now, what would people say if there was another act of sabotage? 
if someone had been hurt. And when he says that, Eastling kind of gets like a pained look on his face, uh, kind of like almost accepting grimace. And then Randall Lawrence turns to the two of you again, says, I'm sorry you were called out here for nothing. But speaking frankly, I'm sure that it will reflect positively on the Republic and on the Minerva Project that we resolved this so quickly after your arrival. And we will, of course, be thanking you for your assistance with this investigation. I think Leela's going to cut in um, and just be mm. like, on the contrary, Mr. Lawrence, I am concerned about the optics of you arresting a sitting elected official who is your political rival. It doesn't really look like this is above board. And I'd be concerned that representatives of the Republic back on Earth may feel the same way. I think, I think, Mar- I think he... Oh, sorry, God. sorry, I was just going to jump in and say that like, I think Mara is like... Um, kind of staring intently and nodding along as Leela says mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah. And like a show of like, like if, if Eastling or, or both of them are looking at them, they're, we're, we're on the same side of this. Yeah, yeah. So I, Lawrence sort of looks, I think, taken aback by you saying that. And after kind of stealing himself for a second, he says, we've all seen the footage. And even if she is a sitting counselor, that doesn't give her the right to do this. Listen, we're on your side here. This doesn't look good for Miss Watson. But I do think it's time for you to let us take a larger role. We are neutral and having us involved and potentially getting a confession or more information from Miss from Counselor Watson could bolster your claims and, and serve you well. I I don't want to see what happens if uh, something goes south, if this causes greater unrest. I don't think you'll have the full support of the Republic if things get out of hand. This is a matter of galactic importance. So I think I want Leela you to roll manipulate at this yes to see if... can, can i can i roll to like help her at all yeah yeah you definitely I, that's can a, i'm like uh, again i'm, I'm doing the <laughs> stand the by your man can i just get it like an automatic like and and, and mara shows equ- unequivocal support for her broskies yeah, yeah um so yeah so let's start with you mara go ahead and roll lean on me which is plus stalwart and we'll see how your efforts to help lila okay. go i could do this is that mara or is that lauren <laughs> Well, okay. Never mind. I can't oh, do this. Oh, man. All right. So that's a six, which is a fail. Oof. I don't want to play this game anymore. <laughs> I keep losing. You keep gaining experience. Yeah, that's true. Go ahead, Mark XP. That's for sure. Jeez, fucking Christ. So what are the ramifications of losing a lean on me roll? I mean, the ramifications are I get to make a hard call, which is the same as, as any fail. Okay. Lovely. <laughs> this is going so well for us. Yeah. I wasn't expecting so such a fail so fast at this. Well, hey. I mean, you're the one hacking my roles, so you should. That's true. Okay, I think I know what happens. Um, so what 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 are you saying to Oh, so you said it was a matter of galactic importance, right? Yeah. Okay. So what I think happens is Randall Lawrence gets an offended look on his face. Of course he does. Yeah. 
And he says, we have always maintained our faith and support in a unified humanity and in the Republic, but it is doing you no favors to lecture us. And now, Leela, go ahead and roll, but do so with disadvantage. No. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) All right. So I want to roll slick, but then I'm going to add another die. Yeah, and take the bottom two. Great. I'm still rooting for you, though. Okay, I have a plus zero on this, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. Oh, so good! All right, here we go. Seven. Okay. Wow. Oh fuck okay. yeah! Oh fuck yeah! Wow, that got lucky. All right, so <sighs> no, that's not luck. That's skill. Right, right. Plus zero skill. <laughs> Concentrated power of will. Okay. Um, all right. So manipulate when you use promises, guile, or charm to manipulate someone into doing what you want. You say what you want and what you're willing to give. And then you roll plus slick. And I think what you're saying that you were willing to give was helping amass evidence against Ruby and kind of making it more ironclad. Is that fair to say? Yes. And what I'm asking for is a greater role in the investigation. Yeah. So in a seven to nine, they can either make a counter offer to be settled now before they do what you want, or they'll ask you to promise something and provide concrete assurance that you'll follow through, and then they'll do what you want. So he, he says... If you insist on speaking with Ms. Watson, as we said before, you are guests here, and I'm inclined to accommodate that. However, I will not let you do this unsupervised. Understood. Um, All right. I think we cut back to Nasir and Arno now. So as we're walking down the street, um, obviously I'm trying to have... What appears to be an easy conversation with Nasir. I look like I'm making mostly eye contact with him, but I'm kind of watching everything happening behind his back. And um, I guess my question is like, what do I see as far as like yeah. the reception to our presence? Is anyone? Yeah. So let me just say what you see first, and then and then we'll kind of describe that. So as you you're kind of headed toward this intersection, and I think you heard the noise coming from the left, right mm-hmm. around the corner of this intersection. So as you enter that street and kind of around the corner, you see on the right side of the street there's a short building, and on the steps leading up to it, there's a man standing there, kind of addressing a crowd. The windows of the, like on this building, there's kind of stairs leading up on the left side of the building. And to the right, there's like a large window. And in that window, I think you see a bunch of like hung up campaign posters that say Ruby for Satis on it. And so this appears to be her kind of campaign office um, or maybe her legislative office. But standing at the steps uh, on the steps of this building, uh, there's a man who looks to be in his early 40s. He has light tan skin, dark brown eyes, black combed back hair and a short beard that's outlining his mouth. He's wearing a a dark blue suit and a white shirt with no tie. Um, And he's holding up his hands almost like a conductor trying to soften the orchestra. So as you're approaching this, are you just trying to stay back and undetected? Like, what what exactly are you trying to do as you approach this crowd? I think that would be my preference this year. What do you want to do there? I mean, my objective is that, like, we don't draw attention to ourselves just yet. Okay. And yeah, I guess we're hanging back. Okay. We're trying to figure out what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So I think I want Arno. Well, who's leading the walk? Is it Arno or is it Nasir? Who's kind of taking the lead here? I, I get the sense that um, 
I might be leading surveillance on the walk. Like Nasir may have picked our destination here, but at this point, I'm just trying to figure out if it's safe. Uh, is that fair to say? Okay. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I think I might be walking ahead, but I think that it's. I think Arno is in charge, but I'm the one who's physically leading. <laughs> Meat puppet, go. Yeah, I think in that case, I think Arno. I want you to roll. Keep your cool. So that's plus stalwart. A nine. Okay. Ooh. So keep your cool says when you attempt to keep your cool under pressure or under hardship, roll plus stalwart. Um, and on a seven to nine, you have to choose one from the list. You either have disadvantage going forward, um, you suffer one stress, or you give up something, leave something behind, or take something with you. And I'll say what? I'll take disadvantage. Okay. You can go ahead and even like add another dice in your roller and just remember that in the next roll, you're out of disadvantage. So I think I think you're able then to kind of get up to the back of the crowd without anyone noticing you, right? You're kind of just, um, even though you're wearing the fleet uniform and, and the Minerva Project jacket, I think you're just kind of like looking innocuous and, and kind of like wandering up and not making a scene such that their attention remains focused on this man who's standing at the top of the stairs. And he kind of goes and is addressing the crowd and you hear him say, everyone, please remain calm. If Ruby were here now... She'd be the first to say that we should not let our anger get the best of us and not let our reaction to this hurt the cause of independence. We will wait for this to be resolved through the courts and Counselor Watson will be able to present her defense. And that's where we'll have this fight. But just as he says that someone from the crowd throws what seems to be a glass bottle up the steps uh, and that hits the side of the building and shatters a few feet from this man's head. Um, are you still just kind of standing in the in the crowd or what are you doing here? Uh, that's my intention right now. Yeah, I might go so far as to say that, like, I would want to slink back even more seeing this. OK, interesting. So I, I think if you slink back, hmm. I think that the man who is standing at the top of the steps kind of like cowers down a bit. Hmm. And I think he goes and retreats back inside the building Mm. Mm -hmm. and the crowd kind of goes in two different directions. Then some of them kind of advance up toward the steps, but others kind of seeing the person who's holding their attention or kind of the most recent target of their ire exit the scene kind of start to turn away from the building and are, are heading in your direction as they're slinking away. Oh, uh, what do you do? Shit. I, uh, is there like an alley nearby? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think it's, I think it's going to be some distance away, like 30 feet away from you though. Do you want to make a run for it or what are you trying to do? Hmm. I think I still want to find out what's going on in the barrows. And like, even this response is weird to me because that was someone who was like speaking on Ruby's behalf and like, they're so violent that they like, were going to attack them. Mm. Yeah. And so it's like there is clearly some amount of frustration here. And yeah, uh, it, it is very uh, in my head a little bit like this. I've seen this before. Right. And mm. like I, there it is like becoming it's quickly becoming personal. And so like I want to know what's going on. I think also in sort of the back of my mind, I know that like we could still ask questions about like mm. if anyone's seen anything weird, like what's going because like we had you know, sh- like disappearing ships and stuff like there, there's still something going on here that I want to investigate. I think I'm telling myself they're linked regardless of whether or not they are. 
I, I agree with you entirely. And the thing I'm trying to, I, I don't know how to like into it here. Mo is like, is the group that's rushing the stairs here. The group that was so pro Ruby that they're just angry that like things aren't going their way and that she's been taken away. Or is it that like, uh, and the group that's walking away were the folks that like you had managed to get to second guess Ruby and then that they might be the friendlier crowd. Cause if so, then I like, I think let's see if we can blend in with them and ask some questions, but like, I don't know how to, how to like figure that out with like what we've got in front of us as a thing. So we could take the risk. Right. I mean, like, I think in my head, I want to like move quickly and just be somewhere else, like be out of, out of harm's way for a second so that we can, we can slow it down. I think then we make a run for the alley. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think Mike, just because you spoke first and suggested this, I do want you to roll and you're going to have to do that with disadvantage because of the previous one. So go ahead and roll. This is plus slick and roll act quick. Come one more die. Mom bad roll. Ooh, eight. Okay. That's not bad. Two sixes and a two. That's great. All right. Jesus, that two. (laughs) So on a seven to nine, uh, you can successfully use your instincts or reflexes to avoid danger, Hmm. uh, but you have to choose one. So either you're off balance or rush, so you again have disadvantage going forward. You've left something behind, I'll tell you what, or you're pushed your limits with the effort, suffer a stress. I really want to gain a level on this arc, so I'm going to take the disadvantage. Okay, all right. So you, um, yeah, so I think I think you pull Nasir into the alley, right? Mm. And I, I think what you just see, I think the crowd that was advancing up toward the door, they're not like rushing the building, right? They're just kind of going up to like fill the space where that person was, but are kind of quickly realizing that they're not getting any satisfaction from this. And I think then eventually you start to see the whole crowd disperse. Mm. But the crowd that moved up to the door, I think it's like you hear them kind of like throwing more stuff or kicking and smashing some things on the way out. I think like we had mentioned kind of a side of the street recycling bin in the last episode. And I think someone like kicks and dents in one of those on their way out. Hmm. So are you, are you just standing back and observing this or? Yeah. Okay. If you're kind of just hanging in the alley, I think after like probably five or 10 minutes, most of the, most or all of the crowd has dissipated hmm. from in front of this, this building. Um, once the crowd has dissipated, uh, can we find just like a local bar or restaurant and like go talk or, or like if if the path is like fully clear to go into the campaign office to go into the campaign office, but like a yeah. chance to like talk to someone. It, it, sorry. So we're in an alley. Are there any garbage cans nearby by any chance? Yeah, there probably are. I'd say there's like kind of some square like mini dumpster. Yeah. yeah. Can I um check what I need to do is put something over my Republic uniform so that I attract <laughs> less negative attention. And uh, I would like to find something that I can, I would like to try to find something, excuse me, that I could uh, put over it. Okay. Interesting. So you're just going dumpster diving for some clothes. Damn is right. What you're doing? Damn right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, I want you to roll for this. I'm trying to figure out what the role is. So that's a scope it out roll. There's no question. It's gotta be. Scope it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But scope it out. is kind of about like about a situation. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could be, uh, I say slick. Equip or manipulate, Mani- you're manipulating the elements to do what the you trash desire. Can. Yeah, I, 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 no, I, I do think it's scope it out, but I think it's like we'll think of it broader. Okay, okay. so go ahead and roll. Like I hear what you're trying to do. So go ahead and roll scope it out okay. again with disadvantage. Yep. We'll see what happens here. That is an that is an eight. 
That's a nine. Okay. Sorry, with it's the buff. A nine. nine. In fact. I'm sorry. Okay. Unfucking real. I hate myself. <laughs> Lauren rolls with advantage. Fails. Everyone else rolls with disadvantage. Succeeds. All right. So on a seven to nine, you can ask one question from the list, and that's what's your best escape route, way in, way past. Which that might be a good one for this. What should you be on the lookout for? What's your enemy's true position? Who or what here is not what they seem? Who's really in control here? How could I best end this quickly? Or who or what here could be a useful opportunity? Um, I think who or what here could be a useful opportunity. Okay. I think that works too. And you're looking for the, you're looking for something to put over. Okay. I want you to tell me then as you're going through this dumpster, like what decrepit thing you find in there that you can wear instead of the uniform. I think I find like just this really long three quarters length coat that's been thrown aside over here. And it might be like disgusting at this point. It's like scuffed up and uh, it might have like some mystery stains on it. Uh, definitely has a smell it it fits but i'm, I'm gonna have to dry clean this uniform afterwards like uh, inside and out this thing is disgusting okay i that's really good but what i truly desire is for you to find a discarded campaign t-shirt <gasps> oh that's really good like oh. <laughs> i'm yes. sorry to take away your agency but <laughs> I think, and and I, uh, I, I really okay. want it to be like a. It's like multiple XL, and like you know, Arno's like kind of a, a a slider has a slider build. It's bright pink, just like her hair. Oh fuck yeah, it is. Um, In my head, it was pink too. And it's and it's ruby for like you, and it's her like pointing in her face and her like pointing out. Mike, but I mean, like it could also be a, a trench coat, whatever you suggested. I guess that was cool. Too. I also That's like so the idea that it says on the back, like "Down with the Republic" or like yes, uh, "Like yes, End Republic yes. Stoogery" or something. Yeah, like just Arno wearing like. Or maybe blatant... it's just like she's no puppet. She's, she's no, no puppet. puppet. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um. I feel like the people have spoken. Sorry, Mike. It's. It, I think. It, it's I think a, they have. We want some t-shirt. <laughs> Um, so what is, how does this react to Arno pulling this out and holding it? I think Arno going into the, uh, dumpster, like raises one of Nasir's eyebrows, but he's like too polite yeah. to say anything. When Arno pulls out the pink shirt, there's going to be like a, like a furrowed look of confusion and then a shit eating grin on my face. Um, it really is your color. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to. As soon as he's got the shirt on, turn to leave the alleyway. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take off my um, uniform coat at this point, fold it up, and put the t-shirt over right now. So it's pink t-shirt, navy blue pants at this point. It's still mystery stains on it. I, this thing does need to have like an off smell and be just a little tattered and worse for wear. But because it's, mm-hmm. it's been a dumpster, um, yeah. unless we found like a box of just discarded shirts. Or what I, right what I kind of mal- imagined was that somebody has like. They're like, Ruby actually isn't for me and like threw, threw it away in the dumpster after yeah, this yeah. year's speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I think this is the aftermath of, yeah, for yeah. sure. So uh, I, I, I put it on and um, it's, it's, um, it's a, flo- it's flowy. It's, it's like an oversized and this, again, yeah. I was very tall, but this is just a very made for someone with a bigger build. Mm-hmm, definitely. It is not flattering in the slightest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so do do you two head to the campaign office then? Is that the next stop? Or yeah, okay. I think you wanted to go to the bar or a pub or something. 
I I want to go. So if the path to the campaign office is clear, I'd like to go there. But if okay. not, I, anything local. Yeah, I think it's clear. And so I've I've just so I did have my jacket, but I'm just want to sort of describe like what's happening here with what I'm carrying is like I've got I still got the Connolly and like the the I'm holding the jacket like underneath the can the Connolly at this point. And how many how many of them did you eat I didn't of eat. the Shaw box? Or you I, mean, I, just ate, I just ate the one. I think. Oh, I thought you I thought you bought like six of your own or something like that. No, there's a dozen, and I popped one, so oh, I just okay, ate one. Got it. Yeah, he ate he, all he, of his. He ate own. a bunch yeah. last episode. Yeah. yeah. So I I think you you head up and the I think the the door is locked right but if you want to knock you can ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll knock and uh, put on big bright smile and I'll have the Connolly just right in front of me at this point like an offering almost <laughs> in, in front of us just knock smile wait okay so I think after a few seconds you see some movement kind of through the glass door right mm. and a woman walks up and kind of looks like I think peeks out the the door and then after a few seconds unlocks it opens it and you see her standing there i think she looks to be in like her like late 20s early 30s has kind of dark blonde hair and blue eyes and pale skin and she says uh yes can i help you um hi um i i saw the big crowd over here and i was i was gonna come sooner because i we just had these wonderful Connolly and we i just wanted to show our thanks and support to councilwoman uh watson and and bring these over to her and uh i I don't suppose she's available is she so when you say that the woman inside gets like a really concerned look on her face and says you didn't hear Uh, we just got back from the bakery so i I saw the crowd but i i I didn't know that there was a rally scheduled for today i'm sorry we missed it we would have been here sooner so she kind of is like as you're saying that like shaking her head and says here come inside and kind of gestures you in all right do you follow yeah absolutely so she goes and shuts the door and then and then like locks it behind her and says, the constables were just here. They arrested Ruby. What? For what? I don't know. Um, Oscar was talking to her. I'm uh, sorry. Ruby's chief of staff. Oh, my God. Um, is she OK? I don't know. They've kept us in the dark. Excuse me, ma'am. Is it possible for us to speak to Oscar? And I think it's clear that I- I'm not like pretending to be like a a Ruby fan. I'm just sort of like being quiet. I don't think I would be able to get away with it. So I'm not really trying. Yeah. And you're still wearing the, the Minerva project jacket, right? A hundred percent. I, I look at him and I I want to feign surprise. Like, Oh, you have you, you've been here the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Is it possible for me to speak to Oscar? She's like, kind of like, like looks at you and takes a step back and says, wait, who, who are you again? Um, I'm a representative of the Minerva project and I am surprised. I'm just gonna be honest. And I'm surprised to hear that the, uh, councilwoman was arrested. Uh, and we'd like to help get to the bottom of it. So I think she gets like a very stern look all of a sudden after you say that and then also starts like taking you in more. And I think her nose kind of wrinkles a little bit when she looks at you, Arno, and starts detecting the aroma of the shirt that you pulled out of the dumpster. And she says, just a moment and walks out the sort of antechamber where you're standing and, and seems to walk up a flight of stairs. I'm going to... uh turn the box around i'm gonna open it and uh i'm going to start eating one of the Connolly. 
I'm not going to eat an entire one. I would like them to see when they get back. The timing is I'd like them to see that I'm eating a baked good of some sort. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is this you're doing anything while, while you're waiting? I'm standing perfectly still with my hands behind my back. Yeah. yeah. As I said uh, last time, the candle is quite good, mm. uh, by the way. Oh, my God. But yeah. So after a few moments, we see the woman walk back down the stairs and she says, here, follow me. Thank you. And I will follow her. And they were yeah. never seen again. I'm going to I'm going to wait. I'm going to assume that she's not talking to me at this point. Oh, you're just going to stay there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, okay. I didn't ask to meet Oscar. Oh, I, I love well, okay. the idea of you sitting in the lobby eating cannelé while I go have this conversation. <laughs> I think I think she notices this and says, are you coming? Oh, uh, sh- sure. <laughs> All right. So you do you do go? Yeah, I'll go now, now that she's asked. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think she's kind of like, oh, like, this was too weird for you to be disconnected, even what you said, but, like, you know, if yeah, you yeah, wanted sure. to try to play it up, you could have, but, okay. So, she leads you up the stairs, um, and it's kind of this narrow staircase that's uh, at the back side of this office, and kind of at the top, it the, the landing kind of turns around, so you're heading back toward the front, um, and she kind of leads you maybe, like, 20 feet down and to a small office that's the right side of this second floor hallway. And she kind of raps lightly on the door frame and says, Oscar, inside the office, standing up from the desk, you see the same man who is addressing the crowd outside the building. But as soon as he kind of sees the two of you walks in, walk in, I think he takes in you, Nasir, and then also takes in Arno. And then just kind of rolls his eyes back and sits down in the chair. <laughs> and he says... Thank you, Julie. And then kind of gestures to the two chairs in front of him. Oh, oh wait, Julie, before you leave, what, do you want to take one? They're quite good. I think that she goes and starts to reach toward the box and then like sniffs again and then says, no, I'm, I'm quite all right and walks away. Shame. I'm going to just pop the rest of the one that I was uh, eating up until then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I will, in a very dignified manner, scoot my chair away from Arno's chair and then sit down. <laughs> um so the man at the desk i think he looks at eunice here and then turns his focus to you arno and then turns back to eunice here and then says why the hell is he wearing that uh we were originally coming to speak with the councilwoman um when we heard about her arrest we thought it best not to antagonize the community any further (laughs) um i think he just like rolls his eyes again at that and then says you've picked a bad time to come visit us and a bad time to come visit satis and frankly if you've come here to push people away from our side i think you've miscalculated i am not here to push people anywhere sir We're here because we wanted to speak with the councilwoman about what she believes is going on on Satis. Frankly, the only thing we've heard is the perspective of of two other members of the council. Um, But it's clear from my very limited time here that there is something wrong on Satis. And I would love to, to hear your thoughts on what it is and why. He says... I'm not here to campaign to you. It's clear where you stand. And he kind of gestures toward your jacket, Nasir. Mm-hmm. But he says, the problem on Satis is 
that the council has decided even before the vote to move us more and more under the thumb of the Republic? And will they claim their authority under the guise of majority? We have not yet come to a decision and the council should respect that. I make no false pretenses. I was openly pro the Republic during a time of war in a war zone. I would not seek to lie to you here. I believe in the Republic and what it stands for, but I'm, I'm not asking you to. What, if I may ask, has the council done that you view as so reprehensible? You make it sound like in order to disagree, they have to do something that rises to a level of disgust. That's not the case. We stand strongly for our beliefs that Satis should be independent. And that means independent from Earth, independent from Aventine, able to think for ourselves. May I ask you, sir, if the majority of the people of Satis don't agree with you, what that would mean? I respect the will of the people. Speaking for myself and the vast majority of this movement, we're committed to winning this vote at the ballot and not through violence. And whatever the people's decision is, that will be done. I believe you. Can I ask how things are going on Satis? As part of the Minerva Project work, we are trying to help every colony while it's a colony regardless of how the vote is going to turn out. And I, I just wanted to understand from someone who lives here how they thought things were going. I think I want you to roll for this, actually. I'm trying to think what the role is, though. Yeah, I think Arno bristles at the way that you asked that question. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting that Arno bristles. Let me see. I might actually have a move for this. It definitely could be manipulated, but if you have a, a playbook move... Of the people, when you make a person yeah. feel like they share a real connection with you, roll plus slick. On okay. a 10 plus, you get a good read on them, hold three. On a seven to nine, just rolled one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. You want to give that of a shot? Of the people? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. So I'm going to roll plus slick. Seven. Okay. So when you make a, a person feel like they share a real connection with you, you roll plus slick. And on a seven to nine, you can hold one. And then there's a list of questions you can ask. So you could either ask that right away, or if you want to hold that, you can kind of save it for later in the conversation. So that's up to you. I want to save it for now, for later in the conversation. I want to just see how he answers my question first. Okay. So I, I think that he kind of leans back in the chair a little bit. And he says, I thought things, frankly, were a lot better than they are. They showed me the evidence after Ruby was arrested. Frankly, I don't know what to say. I haven't seen the evidence. I don't know what role the councilwoman played or didn't. Are tensions really so bad? If you asked me yesterday whether I thought something like this was possible, I would have said no. But the war, the armistice, all of this, and he kind of gestures at you too, actually... It's driven people to behave unexpectedly. I think the question I want to know is like, yeah. how could I get your character to share something that I like they normally wouldn't right? like give me 
trust mm. me in a way that they normally would not. How do I make this person trust me? How do I get your character to trust me? Is like the question yeah. I have in this conversation. Okay, interesting. Have you considered offering up that you went to the reactor and noticed that like you weren't com- you weren't like completely convinced that it was actually an act of sabotage? It might have been a red uh, false flag. So I have yeah. thought about it, but I think that's really, really dangerous. And yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. I'm to me, I'm thinking like I'm using the move here, the like I'm using my one question, which is like, how do I how could I get your character to trust me? Sure. And I'm interested to see like what it could be here. Yeah. yeah my yeah. big thing is, is like, I want to know two things. One, hmm. who does he think did it? Like this happened. We mm-hmm. know this happened. Mm-hmm. Who does yeah, he yeah, think yeah. it was? And like two is he has he seen anything else? Because, like, some part of me still thinks this is all tied to our original mission, whether or not that's naive. Yeah. About so like those the, are the two. The ships and the, the. Right. And so, like, to me, the answer to those two questions, the barrier to ans- asking those two questions is trust. So I'm using my yeah. move to be like, how do I get you to trust me? Makes sense. Makes sense. I do think, though, that if that's your question, right, and you want to know how to get him to trust you. I think the answer is that you have to give him something substantial that is going to show him that you are independent from the council. That makes a lot of sense. I think then that I'm going to, I'm going to slouch and rub my face a little in like a stressed Mm. way. You know, Oscar, I lived on Aventine for the better part of a decade and I saw tensions like the ones you have here on Satis build and build for years. And when my husband told me that we should leave, that we should go, I told him that we had to side with the Republic. I told him that we had to stand up for what the Republic stood for. I lost my family because of that choice. And at this point, like, there are tears in my eyes. Mm. I'm not here to tell you which way to go to end the fighting. I've never made that decision correctly. I'm here to make sure as few people lose what I lost as possible. That's all I want. And I'm going to look at him and I'm going to say, someone sabotaged the reactor. Who do you think it was? I think he kind of is a little floored by that. And I think he looks at you and then and looks at Arno and then looks back at you. And he says, they showed me the evidence and the evidence was clear. Ruby was responsible. I'm not sure what's going to come next for her. But as for me, I intend to keep the ship together and tend to keep fighting for this movement. But I think when he says that, you get the sense that the part he said about Ruby, that he was being like deliberately cagey with the way he used his words. And he kind of like stopped to think before he said about like, oh, it's what the evidence shows. Have you seen or heard anything beyond the evidence the council is presenting? Has there been anything else going on around Satis? Tensions have been rising, but... Again, I didn't think they would have risen to something like this. In terms of other evidence, no, I haven't seen anything. But, I mean, if she was there, what more could you ask for? 
No, of course. I just meant if you'd seen anything going on around town. He just kind of is, as you're saying that, like shaking his head now. I, I appreciate it, Oscar. Thank you so much for your time. Unless Arno has any questions. No, I think I'm good. Yeah, so I'm going to stand yeah. and shake his hand. And when I sort of, I'll grab his forearm and mm-hmm. rather than just like his direct hand. And your people will be okay. The suns always rise. And then I'll walk out. So I think at this point, Randall Lawrence has agreed to take uh, you, Leela. I know you had asked for this to go see Ruby and speak with her. Mara, did you want to go with them or was there anything else that you wanted to do? No, I think I wanted to have a, like a quick sidebar with Leela. And so I think, you know, as like like th- things are heating up, people are starting to move around that exchange happen. I think, yeah, Mara's going to take Leela aside. It's impossible to say who's telling the truth and who's telling falsehoods. I hope that your endeavors to speak to the councilwoman are fruitful. We need to keep an open mind here. Two things can be true. These councilmen cannot be acting in the best faith of their people and their position, but we have to entertain the possibility that the councilwoman is also guilty of the crime that she's accused. Can you do that? I told you earlier, I think this is all a distraction. I frankly don't care much about their political infighting. I care slightly more about the sabotage of the reactor. But if we could find out something about the Lustra... I think we're on the same page, and this is probably the perfect time... If you can move the situation towards the councilwoman and investigating that, I think I can move out and investigate the mines with your information, with the information that, goodness, I hope Nasir and Arno have gathered. And with some investigation by myself at the mine, we can piece together the information we need and get off this planet without hindering our cause even further. Seems like that's where we end up every time. Let's get off this planet before we do more harm. <laughs> <sighs> Correct. And I think so. I think that like it's it's Mara's intent to while the the kind of eye is on the situation with Ruby to yeah. maybe make up a pretense like oh yeah I'm gonna go check back in I'm gonna go check on the ship I'm gonna go do this that or the other but to to slip away and investigate the the kind of main reason why we're here sneaky okay. mm-hmm. all right so i think in that case i probably have the two of you want to start with leela so randall lawrence um i think leads you leela then back to the office of public safety um and and you're kind of taken inside and i think he's kind of like waving at people as you walk through the hallways and eventually you're taken to the I guess this is kind of like backside of the building, right? And it kind mm-hmm. of led down a, a hallway, and I think there's like into like a room that's one of those like one way mirrors, um, mm. looking in on a interrogation room. During the the flashback for Arno on Kansas, we also talked about an interrogation room, but I want to kind of contrast those two. So the one we saw in the flashback was I'd use the adjective very hard. There was like a metal table. 
the the kind of one-way mirror was very obvious on the inside and what you're seeing in here is almost the polar opposite of that everything inside the room looks deliberately calming the lines are all very smooth there's a soft off-white table um, and the chairs are kind of a muted uh, blue color and the walls are painted almost like grass like kind of light green the only things that indicate that you're looking at an interrogation room is kind of the like layout of the table itself where you have like one chair on one side and two on the other and then um and sitting in the one chair you see ruby watson uh, and there's also a card in front of her that uh seems to be spelling out various rights she has as a suspect but before you walk in randall lawrence kind of turns to you and says what are your intentions here ms malik My intentions are what I stated. I want to help you shore up the case and ensure that this doesn't turn into a political nightmare. That's in the best interests of the Republic and of Satis. He he kind of nods, but says, I'll indulge the Republic's desire to maintain calm in this situation, but I will not allow your actions to compromise the case against Ms. Watson. The video evidence was clear and her slate was off at the same time that the reactor was sabotaged. If she has an explanation for that, I would love to hear it. Uh, and Leela's just going to smile sweetly and just say, agreed. And then do you walk in? Yep. Okay. As you walk into the room, Ruby kind of sits up in her chair for a moment but then I think she sees you and recognizes the Minerva Project jacket and then kind of like relaxes a bit and leans back in the chair and I think gives like the slightest eye roll. <laughs> uh, what does Leela do as she walks into the room? Okay, so I think Leela in this moment is is kind of walking a bit of a tightrope because she needs she can't step so far off the path that. Lawrence wants to storm in here and and end the interview, but she also needs to gain Ruby Watson's at least a degree of her, her trust um, Mm. to be able to, you know, move forward here. I mean, I'll just say, I think Leela may potentially try to steer the conversation towards like having an an indexing session with, with Ruby if she, if she wants that. Yeah. Or if she agrees to that. Tell her you like her hair. (laughs) <laughs> i actually have a a lore question an in-universe lore question how sure. respected is the sado institute indexing as like evidence right like yeah. what does like an indexing session mean in terms of like the case so there are several tracks of study within the sado institute and one of them is specifically like interrogation of the kind that would be used as evidence, um, like in a court of law, et cetera. Leela didn't take that track. So none of us know that. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, I think there's a little bit of mystery surrounding the Sado Institute. And if you're like a lawyer who like a criminal lawyer or something, maybe, you know, like the details of that, but I don't think that, normal people would be like, oh yes, you're a 
you know, conciliation specialist, not a forensic specialist or whatever. Yeah. Um, John, does that Got it. seem? Yeah, I mean, okay. that, that sounds right to me. But I think there's also like we kind of talked about there being a lot of overlap in the mm-hmm. skill set. Like it's kind of this core concept of, of what indexing is that can kind of it's all about gaining insight and information from the the subject, from the person that's being indexed. And that can be used in a lot of different ways. In the case of conciliation, it's about, oh, finding a kind of path forward or a negotiation that they wouldn't have thought of on their own, you know, for this. Um, and I think we Con- had like a cool name for it Con- confirmation. for confirmation, which is the the kind of uh, the Sato Institute buzzword for their uh, their kind of forensic track that is about like kind of you know assembling evidence or finding out the the truth and i I don't think it's all like oh we're interrogating someone i think it's for someone's like i would like to like prove my innocence and this is a way or i would like to like provide a sort of like faithful testimony and this is the tool that i use to do that got it so for so the like a lawyer might know oh do you like ask you the question do you have x specialization or whatever but like to us you're just like a member of the Sato Institute doing what the Sato Institute people do. Yeah. And I think even then it would kind of be like, Oh, it would have to be like a sub, like not all lawyers would even know about this. You know, it's kind of a a bit more esoteric. Yeah. I, I feel like it's like, I mean, maybe this is not a perfect metaphor, but like, you know, someone's a doctor, you don't necessarily care exactly what kind of doc medical doctor they are. You're sort of like, I don't know. You're a doctor. Yeah. You can look at my scar, like, you know, like right, it's like if someone gets a Ph.D. in chemistry, but is it analytical or organic or bioorganic or are they just getting a degree in chemistry, but they really do something completely different, like a crazy person? Yeah, is this about the I, game still? Or? Yeah, of course. I, of course. Yeah. Of course. Right. Zero real world, real world applications whatsoever. All right. So bring it back. I still want to know what Bila is doing when she walks into this room. Yeah. So um, I think she's going to take one of the seats on the interrogator side of the table or whatever. And sure. she's just going to kind of sit down and make eye contact with Ruby and and just kind of say, I'm here to help assist the investigation into the sabotage at the reactor. My goal is to get to the truth. She, as you say that, she scoffs, right? And she says, I knew the Republic was desperate to win the vote, but this is a new low even for you. Framing the only pro-independence counselor, honestly, it's just sad. So we was going to kind of push past all of the sentiment and just say, I'm gathering that you claim that you're innocent. That's fair to say. Have you been shown the video footage from the reactor? The video is a fake. I simply wasn't there. And where were you at that time? Frankly, that's none of your business. We was just going to nod and say, Fair enough. I certainly can't compel you to say anything. My perspective on the situation is it's rather messy and it is not a good look for a sitting council member to be charged with a crime of this significance. Your allegation that this is a frame up 
is also serious and would also be worth investigating. If it wasn't you, you need to help me understand why you're being framed and who could have done it. She says, if you want to know who did it, just go talk to whoever's standing at the other side of that glass. But if you were looking for my help in solving the mystery, I don't know how I can do that. I think Lula's going to kind of lean back in her chair a little bit and say, Councilmember Watson, I'm not going to underestimate you. You are intelligent. You are a leader on this planet. And I believe you could help me if you wanted to. What can I do to convince you that I'm not here to frame you? I think she kind of sits back in her chair and then kind of laughs quietly and says, I guess I don't think you're here to frame me. I've already been framed. What is it that you want me to do? There's a way that we could prove your innocence. And I'm happy to help with that. But as I said, if you're being framed, then I need to understand who's doing the framing and why. And I think you know more about that than you're letting on. Why would you think that? Because someone doesn't get as much power, as much attention as you do, without knowing a little bit about how politics works. And as far as I can tell, this is political. She just says, all right, I'm listening. There's a way that I can verify that you are telling the truth. However, you need to consent to do this. We'll both be opening up to each other, and it's not the most pleasant experience the first time around. So what, this is like mind reading or something? <clears throat> so at that, Leela's going to crack a smile, and she'll say, they really prefer that we don't call it that. Hey there, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying Worlds Away so far and you know someone who has similar refined and sophisticated tastes, please go ahead and recommend us. If you have no friends, you can also help the show by rating and reviewing us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any other platform you use to listen to podcasts. Additionally, give us a shout out on whatever social media platform you swear you're going to quit this year. If you want to say hi, you can also find us on most platforms at Worlds Away Pod or online at worldsawaypod.com. Thanks again for listening. And now back to your episode. So I, I think we cut back and we see Leela back in the sort of exterior room on the other side of the one-way mirror. And uh, Ruby is sort of sitting at the table, still kind of um, look either alternating between looking down at the table and looking up at the mirror. And Randall Lawrence turns to you and says, what was all of that about her being framed? It stands to reason if she's claiming innocence, 
she has to have a story. She has to have an explanation for the video. In this case, she's claiming the evidence has been manufactured. Lawrence, like Randall Lawrence scoffs and he says the video was authenticated by this office's computer system. Unless you have some kind of technological genius on the loose, the only people that could have manufactured it are myself and Cher Eastling. Is that what you're saying happened? I'm not saying anything happened. I'm here to find out what did happen. And I'm here to prevent you from plunging this city into chaos. You still haven't gotten an explanation for what she was doing when her slate was off. I'm working on that. He kind of takes a step up to the glass and kind of turns his back to you and just says, tread carefully, Ms. Malik. My patience is growing thin. I think Leila's just going to stay very still and say, understood. Do you walk back into the into the room? Yeah. So I think you walk in and... And maybe you already have the space kind of set up for indexing. Uh, do you want to describe what that looks like? Yeah. So I would have pulled out a a metronome. The metronome is uh, kind of wooden and uh, it's pretty large. So um, it's kind of what what a you know classic or old fashioned metronome would look like. So it's kind of like pyramid shaped. Um, mm. And it's got a medium dark wood. And then um, on it, there's this seal that has this S um, kind of fancy ivy covered S that just looks really old and kind of um, imposing. And then uh, when she flips it open, you can see a stick um, that, you know, ticks back and forth. So I think when you open the metronome, uh, Ruby kind of turns and, and looks at that and like raises an eyebrow. I think at this point, um, so far I haven't really told her much more, so I'm going to give her mm-hmm. a little bit more information. So yeah, sure. I, I think uh, Leela's going to catch her eye and say, all of this is just window dressing. It doesn't mean much. It just puts us in the right mental state don't worry it's it's much more prosaic than it seems this metronome will make a ticking sound that ticking sound will anchor us as we connect and as we share what we need to share i think she's just going to kind of go into a different tone and kind of rattle off what we're going to be talking about which it's clear is like kind of something that she's been trained to do we agreed and you consented to provide information that proves that you were not at the reactor as a part of the sabotage. Is that correct? She kind of takes a second and then nods and says, that's the truth. Good. And then I'm going to start the indexing session. Yeah. Do you start the metronome? Yeah. So the first thing that happens is I go to flick it on. And Mm -hmm. as I do that, I say, 
We witness our paths as the sum of our steps. I'll say, so then I'll reach out and um, have my hands flat and just ask her to, to put her hands in mine. And then I'll say, at this crossing, we meet so that both may leave wiser. So I think that we see like Arno and Nasir going to like head out of the building. Um, but I wonder like what are the two of you kind of talking about or what's going on as you exit the the campaign office of Ruby Watson? This was a little insightful. Uh but I don't feel as though we have any more information than when we came. It went a whole lot better than I expected. <laughs> I will take that as a compliment, Lieutenant. Yeah, you didn't start a riot this time. I only start riots when I want to start riots. Uh, we should grab a drink. And I'll gesture down on my shirt. No, I, I think not. <laughs> and then I'll wait until we're sort of out of earshot of everyone. And I'll say, so far, this political situation has created a, a rather large distraction from two key things we came to investigate mysterious ships and the sabotaging of the reactor even if we assume that the councilwoman is responsible we've still only answered one question someone has to have seen something at this point are you standing out in front of the of the building i think we're heading down the steps so what i want you to do and I'll explain it afterwards right now is, Nasir, I would like you to roll act quick. I hate that. Fuck yeah. That's a eight. So act quick. When you use your instincts or reflexes to avoid danger um, or negotiate through danger toward a goal, um, you roll plus slick. On a seven to nine, you can do it, but you have to choose one. You're either off balance or rushed and you have disadvantage going forward. You've left something behind. I'll tell you what. Or you push your limits with the effort, suffer one stress. Uh, we've left something behind. You tell us what. Okay. Oh, this worked out so well. I'm so glad you picked that. Okay. So what happens is you hear a sound of glass breaking down the street. And I think you turn and look. And then you feel someone bump up against you. I... I question bump up against yeah. me. How like, mm. like brush me at my pockets is area. Just, you just feel someone like lightly bump up against you walking down the street in the opposite direction. I will grab their hand. Okay. You're, you're I mean, I think that you go to grab for their hand and yeah. I mean, and this is like me enforcing the, the, I left something behind. Right. Oh, I see. And, I see. And they, no, no, but you go to grab for it and they take off running. And you see now you have a good look at them, and it's a man wearing a trench coat. This guy. I take off running. I, like, I, without saying anything to Arno, I charge I charge after him. Yeah. The cantalay. Oh, yeah, you're still holding the box of cantalay, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I am. For what it's worth, I thought we were going to leave the cantalay behind. It's a gift for my boss. <laughs> 11 out of 12, or 10 out of 12 at this point. I'll, uh, I'll I'll give chase afterwards. Um, okay. And Are you holding the candle? Eye? 
Yeah, but I've I've roughly like held them. So I've got one under my arm. I've just tucked it under my arm at this football. point. I don't football. really care. Yeah, football style. Like I don't care yeah, yeah. if they like okay. get if a they little get up. dinged up or whatever at this point. Okay. Um, yeah. And I am going to brandish my pistol in the other hand. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. So Nasir, you said you were giving chase. Like, what's the objective? What do you want to do when you catch up to this person? So this is actually a little bit of instinct. Um, I grew up in Cairo, right? Mm. I went to school in the States in a big city in Pittsburgh. I am familiar with pickpockets. And so that's why when someone brushed me like that, my instinct was to grab at their hand. And yeah. when he took off running, when I went to grab for him, it all but confirmed that this is someone yeah. who pickpocketed me. Uh, and so I am chasing after this person to tackle them to the ground okay. uh, and get back whatever they took. So I think I want you to roll act quick again to see if you catch up to him and then we'll deal with the tackling separately. Okay. There's so many rolls. Let's do this. Yeah. I have a question, which is, what was the result of the success of my initial act quick? Because I did, in fact, succeed. Yeah, yeah. You, if you had failed, he would you would have not noticed anything. Oh, fair. Also you would have just nine. looked and, and heard the glass break. Okay. We're succeeding like crazy today. Um, except Lauren. Yes, yes, we are. Except Lauren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so go ahead and um, on a seven to nine, you can do it. So you do catch up to this person, but you choose one. You're either off balance or rushed. Um, you have disadvantage, you left something else behind, or you're uh, pushed your limit and you suffer a stress. Since I'm not holding the canopy, I'm gonna suffer one stress. Okay, yeah, so you're not a stress. They can't lie, yeah. Um, I think you like reach the person, tackle him. Like, what's Arno doing as this is happening? Or, or he goes to tackle him, right? I just want to know, like, what you're doing in real time. This is all happening simultaneously. Oh, I, I'm checking to see if there's anybody else around that's like looking to help the the men in the and the trench coat or if it looked like he was walking running towards like a vehicle of some sort like i, I really want to see like if he was running to something obvious okay go ahead and roll scope it out then finally some experience that's a five. Oh boy mm-hmm. okay so yeah so yeah go ahead and mark xp mm-hmm so here's what happens. So Nasir, you're like chasing after this guy down the street. Mm-hmm. And Arno, you you said you brandished your pistol, right? Mm-hmm. So you have the box of Candelay and then you're holding out the pistol. But you're a bit behind Nasir and uh, and this mystery man who you know, seemed to take off running when Nasir turned around. I think that people on the street start to take notice and how it looks is that like you're chasing after these two right with the gun mm-hmm. i think that you hear someone say hey he has a gun and you start to see several people that were kind of on the street like turn to look at you and start advancing to kind of get between you and nasir um and this mystery man i wait until they get close to me and i hopefully stealthily shoot three rounds straight down mostly so that they're confused and don't know where i shot at is the the thing i want them to be too close to be able to like really for everyone to be able to see everything oh man okay so you're trying to just shoot at the ground to scare them yeah i want them to like be like oh did i get shot at was i shot at like sort of like confused at this point oh shit okay now arno starting the riot i just want to be clear that there is going to be consequences for that decision in the long run but that is interesting okay okay I, I do want you to go ahead and roll Intimidate, actually. Is that so that's plus volatile. Is it, okay. 
That's an eight. Okay. So um, when you use threats to bully someone into doing what you want, you make it clear what you want them to do, which I think is get out of your way, mm. and what you'll do to them if they won't, which is shoot them. <laughs> and then you roll plus volatile. But on a seven to nine, they can choose to either force you to follow through and suck it up or cave in and do what you want, or they can also pick one of the following, which is get out of your way, hunker down, take cover, give you something that they think you want, tell you something they think you want to hear, or attempt to de-escalate and look for an exit. Does the fact that Arno's wearing the campaign t-shirt play into this? I think it's adding to the confusion of the situation. Hmm. Um, I think, like, when you do that... So here's what I think happens. And I think I'm going to say that they, like, hunker down and take cover. Hmm. I think that people start screaming. And the people that went to it kind of advance on you start ducking and hiding behind things on the street. Like, hiding behind trash cans or other things that are, you know, provide some cover. Nasir, you've already kind of like rounded the corner after this guy, though. And so now I want to resolve the tackling. Um, and I think you're kind of out of eye shot from Arno at this point. Got it. Go ahead and roll uh, Firefight plus Volatile to see how the tackle goes. Got it. That's going to be interesting. Oh. oh, minus one. Oof. Six. Oh, buddy. Oh, Turn man. the club. Yeah. Okay. That's sweet XP. Damn. I had four consecutive rolls, and this one's a minus one. I'm not mad about it. I've almost leveled up. Yeah, I'm one away. So I'm going to set this up, and then we're going to have a tough call to make in a second. But here's what happens. You tackle this guy and fall down to the ground, and there's like a tussle, and you then feel... I think it feels like you got stabbed, right? In that you have an extremely sharp pain and then you are totally frozen and you go limp. But I think you realize like after this happened, like, or I I think what we see is actually in this guy's hand, he has some kind of like shock device or a taser. But I want you to take, I want you to take three harm. Can I activate my shield or will my shield activate? I should say. I think probably it works. Absorb one, yeah. I think what we see then is we see like the shield light up and then it, um, but then it kind of dissipates also, right? So yeah, you, mm-hmm. you mark the shield as discharged. Also mark off that you have the shield and mark off a gear slot for that. Got it. But yeah, so then you can go ahead and take, uh, take two harm because the shield absorbed one of it. Got it. All right, but you're on the ground, right? Either way. And I think this guy like takes off down the street and is a fair distance away. Arno, you round the corner and this you have the pistol in your hand mm-hmm. and this guy is about to get away. And I think I'm going to give you a hard choice right now as a consequence of that, which is do you try to shoot him or do you let him go? Do I see Nasir on the ground? You see Nasir on the ground. I take the shot. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh. 100%. So I think this is a move that's called Alpha Strike, actually, and it's not a move Ooh. that's called vol- That's Firefight, right? It's not Firefight. So when you get into an advantageous position and attack a target that can't retaliate, you can roll plus calculating. Yeah. I do think... I'm trying to think. I do think that you have to do it with disadvantage, though, because he's running away and is, is kind of already giving, giving evasion, right? But well, hold on. If I may, I did successfully catch him and knock that's him true. to the ground, so he's pretty okay. slow right now. Yeah, yeah you slow, I think you slow him. I think that's right, actually. So I think I think you can do a straight roll. But yeah, go ahead and roll, roll Alpha Strike. 
the kind and merciful game master. <laughs> I mean, I kind of don't know if I want this to succeed. Yeah, pop so. that man in the back. Yeah, I don't That's know if you don't want that. it to succeed. That succeeded hard. Oh, oh no! And the okay. man's brains are splattered across. No. No. I mean, he doesn't. You don't have to. So, hurt. You can like. Wing anyway. him. Just wing him. No, no. I mean, I don't think that you cannot hurt him. Yeah. No. That, that, that was never the option here. Where were you? Where was Arno? Like, was he just like pull up and and pop him, or was he? Did you get a second to like aim at something? Yeah. Shoot so, him in the ass cheek. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't. What? I don't no. think. I, I don't think you get that choice. Yeah. So here, okay, let, okay, me, okay, let, me, okay, let me read fair. the move. Let me read the move. So you can choose two from this list, okay? Mm. And, I mean, what happens will depend on the choice, right? Yeah. So you can disarm or disable them. Mm -hmm. Your position can be not exposed or compromised, right? So you can kind of maintain your your cover. Mm. Or you can deal your weapons harm. Yeah, no, I want to disable them. And then, and then you get to make another choice. Um... And it's, you disarm or disable him. I want to be clear. Like, I'm going to say what happens as a result of that. Okay, disarm or disable, and um, I will, I will deal my weapons harm. Okay, I think that's right. Yeah. So you turn around the corner, you see Nasir on the ground, and we just mm-hmm. hear the shot, and the man slumps to the ground, unmoving. On the street, we see slide out of his hand Nasir's slate. Hmm. I I will run and gra- run up to the man's. I essentially run to catch up at this point. Okay, you run up to him, and mm-hmm. as you do that, the street starts to fill with people. And at this point, I want to cut away. We see a large open room with the light from a row of tall windows traveling across the floor and onto an old-fashioned desk clock, which rests on a wooden shelf toward the back of the room. And as the camera pans to the right, we see a woman standing in front of a large brick wall, confusion written across her face, which is framed perfectly by her pink metallic hair. Leela, what do you do as you and Ruby first enter the landscape? So I think you mentioned, you know, she looks confused, but all of the vibes that I'm sending are reassuring And I'm trying to put her at ease. So I'm going to grab a um, a paintbrush and um, some paint and a palette off of one of the side tables and just walk over to where she's standing. Is she standing kind of in front of my mural or is she kind of in front of like empty wall? I think she's kind of in front of the empty wall, but then starts to look around and then she sees you kind okay. of approach and says, what is this place? This place is where we can be free to find what we need. In this case, I think you have some things you need to share. This, and I like gesture to the, the empty wall, is how you can do it. I think I'll squeeze some paint out of a tube and put onto the palette and like prep it for her. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll like hand it to her and just say, here you go. Yeah. She takes it and says, what am I supposed to do now? If you're not ready to put anything on the wall, you can take a moment. But I think 
it'll come to you relatively soon. So before she starts painting, I want to ask you this. So what are you trying to get out of out of Ruby? And how do you want to do this? I want to try to figure out what role I'm going to have you do here. Yeah. So I did want to raise one thing that I haven't used before. I, I, I will answer your question, but I did want to say because of my background, mm-hmm. I can pierce lies, mystery, or confusion or something like that and have advantage. Oh, yeah. So I don't know if that. Nice. I think that could definitely uh, apply here. We'll see. Okay. I think we'll see. It depends on what you want to do. Okay. Um, I think Leela, as much as she said to Lawrence, like, oh, I'm neutral. I think she's sort of leaning towards believing that the video was was faked. And so I think she's like what she said to Ruby was relatively accurate. She's looking for her to provide some sort of evidence or something um, to say that that wasn't me that Leela can use to counteract or to counter um, the video. Um, but she's also kind of hoping for, again, like some some insight into like what's at play here. OK, so I guess the question is, I think there's kind of two ways forward there, right? One of them is the move that you have that's called Embrace, embrace Eternity. And that essentially lets you, through this act of indexing, um, determine like or ask various questions about the the subject or about the person that you're you're inquiring about. But it's not like what were you doing at the time of the uh, of the reactor yeah. sabotage? It's kind of broader than that. The other thing that you can do is suggestion, which mm-hmm. is kind of using your power to influence her decision. And that's kind of a very different direction. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying it has to be one or the other, but but kind of where are you trying to start with this? I think it's going to end up having to be suggestion because like she's been resistant to say where she was yeah, and she's been resistant to give me any information. So even if I'm able to kind of get her to say, yeah, that wasn't me, Lawrence, I don't think is going to give that much weight. So if I want something that's that's really going to work, I'm going to have to convince her to to actually give me concrete information. So I think that she kind of takes the brush and walks up to the blank wall. And I think she's kind of hesitating for a bit. And then she starts to paint some horizontal lines. And I think Mm -hmm. it takes a while to start. But then you, Leela, you start to notice some similarities between the shape of the lines on the wall and the kind of I think I mentioned the kind of ball of yarn visual of the city of Lindis when it's viewed in perspective from the side. And I think you kind of uh, start to realize that that's the pattern that's being drawn by the um, it's kind of emerging from her paintbrush strokes. Ooh. But if you're trying to convince her to open up to you and, and kind of explain where she was, I want you to go ahead and, and roll a suggestion. Okay. So that's going to be plus alien. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go. That's a nine. Okay. Mixed success. So when you use your power to subtly influence the mind of some weak-willed living thing, you discharge this move and roll plus alien. On the seven to nine, you choose one, but they will soon realize that you messed with their head. And the options are they follow a single command from you for a short time that doesn't risk their life or go against your instincts, or you convince them of something 
without providing proof so long as you don't lie. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be the the second one. I convinced them of something without providing proof so long as I do not lie. Got it. And what are you trying to convince her of? Um, I'm trying to convince her that I'm not in league with Lawrence or anyone on Satis and that I'm genuinely trying to get to the truth. Okay. So I think before we get to that, I want to do a flashback. Oh boy. And I want to go back to your first year at the Sato Institute. So this is sometime after you first met Nikki. And I think we mm-hmm. pick up inside one of the Institute's lecture halls. Do you want to describe what that looks like for us? Yeah. So I think in the past we've kind of I don't know how much we've described at the Institute actually, but it's going to have, you know, big windows and kind of um, clean lines, but it's also not going to be super modern seeming like that's going to feel kind of old fashioned in a way. Um, So I think this is kind of a smaller lecture hall and there are some windows to one side with some light streaming in. But the room itself is, you know, kind of tiered seating um, going down to uh, kind of a podium area at the front with like even a chalkboard behind it. Not anything fancy with screens. Um, And and I think it's kind of a smattering of students sitting in um, in the tiered seats. Gotcha. And where is Leela sitting inside the classroom? Oh, the last row. Yeah. Okay. So standing at the front of the room is a lecturer um, who's currently speaking to the class and writing on the chalkboard. She's probably in her late 80s and has pale skin, blue-gray eyes, and short, light gray hair parted on the side. And while I don't think that we see all of the text that's written on the chalkboard, um, the largest text just says, forms of expression within the landscape. So as as this lecture is going on, how's Leela kind of reacting to it or, or what's she doing uh, in the last row of the classroom? She's not really looking up. Her, she's kind of passively listening, um, but she's kind of focused on the pad in front of her. It's not really um, a note-taking pad. It's a drawing pad. Uh, so she's doing some sketching right now and and what uh, on this pad if, if leela's sketching what is it that she's drawing i think she's drawing like if you looked at it you might recognize that it looks similar to her landscape oh it's kind of an open room brick walls um it, it's not really like a floor plan or anything but it's just kind of a little conceptual Gotcha. So after a few minutes, um, I think you hear a sound behind you and you turn around to see the doors of the lecture hall kind of slowly opening. And a man who's about your age kind of walks in the room. He kind of moves through the doors like sideways, kind of trying to open them as little as possible. So at this point, do you want to describe what Paolo looks like? Yeah. So I'm going to start out by saying that he's hot. Of course. And everyone should recognize that. So I think he has black hair, 
dark eyes, a lighter skin. Um, his hair is kind of, um, it's pushed up in the front. Um, so it's clear that he's like styled a little bit, but it's not like styled styled. It's like, it's like, you know how some people spend hours trying to get their hair to look like beachy waves. It's like he clearly spent a little bit of time trying to make this look casual. Yeah. In terms of his face, uh, he's got kind of a soft mouth, but it's usually kind of smirking. And I, I think it probably is right now as he's trying to sneak in. Gotcha. So after slowly closing the door, this man makes his way forward. And if you're sitting in the back row, I think he sits down not in the seat right next to you, but like two to the right, right? So there's one seat in between you two. For the first like minute or so after he sits down, he's just kind of like silently looking at the lecturer and and the the chalkboard at the front of the room. But I think we kind of see his eyes like shift to the left and kind of toward you for a moment. And he says, so you're the artist Mickey found, huh? Uh, I think Leo is going to stay focused on her sketching and not really look up and just um whisper back that's me he kind of lets out like a very quiet laugh and says i was just talking to her actually um she was describing a case that she had seems like a tough one i guess we totally lost track of time and after like a brief pause he kind of holds his hand across the vacant chair that's between you two and says i'm paulo by the way so I think finally Lila's going to look up and glance at the professor, make sure that they're still wrapped up in whatever they're talking about yeah. and not paying attention to us. And then uh, and look think, over. Mm-hmm. I think just add some flavor to that. It's like the professor is just like looking at the chalkboard and like talking at the chalkboard, like kind of oblivious to whether the students are, are listening <laughs> to that. So classic. Um, and then she's going to make eye contact with Paolo, maybe for the first time in earnest Mm. and look him up and down and then reach out her hand and, and shake his hand and say, I'm Leela. So Leela, did I miss anything important? This class seems pretty basic, but I guess I I figured I should ask. Uh, She's been going on for about 15 minutes on the importance of expression. Like, I hadn't figured that out. And she gestures back to her yeah. <laughs> sketchpad. Um, he kind of, like, looks up and says, sounds like Professor Gordon. I feel like Leela's going to kind of raise her eyebrows at that and say, have you worked with her before? I thought this was an intro class. Just heard rumors. I tried to get a pretty good handle on things before I started. Speaking of which... Do you know what track you're going for yet? I think Leela's going to shift a little bit in her seat and just kind of say, no, I don't. I still have a whole semester before we have to decide that. So I'm sure I'll figure it out. He says, I just assumed that if Mickey picked you is because you also wanted to be a conciliator. But well, I, I guess not everyone wants to do that, you know. But as he says that, I think we hear the lecturer's words kind of cut through your conversation because she finishes like writing on the chalkboard and turns around to address the class. 
And we hear her say, As you can see, the expressive act could take many forms. Dancing to each of your favorite albums, building a model train set, writing the first pages of a novel. But whatever form you choose, it must always respect the first precept. The practitioner shall never interfere with the expressive act of the subject. And then she kind of goes back and turns around and starts writing on the board again. So I think at that, and Leela maybe wanting to change subjects, just kind uh-huh. of looks back over to Paolo and says, so, have you ever thought about it? He, he kind of leans into and says, about what? Changing someone's mind. Messing with their expression. I think he kind of sits back in the chair and swivels around left to right slowly, but then he kind of leans back into you and says, no, I don't think so. I've never needed the landscape to change someone's mind. <laughs> and I think after he says that, um, I want to cut back to your landscape, Leela, and I want to know what does it look like when you use suggestion in the landscape? So... I've kind of seen the shape that Ruby's painting is taking and she's kind of evoking the city. But I'm going to, if you ask Leela to to explain what she's doing or like why she's doing this, she would say to make it be more accurate um, in this case. But she sees Mm. that, you know, if you were really trying to make it look like the city, you would want to add some shading here and, you know, paint over this line. Um, So she's just going to kind of casually make some small adjustments and kind of fill in some shading, like I said. And and do you say anything to her when you do this? I don't think she's she's really saying anything. I think she's just kind of like just going, hmm, hmm, no, here. And then just kind of like sticks her brush out and just makes a few adjustments. Yeah. So I, th- I think we kind of see you raising the brush up to the wall as the camera kind of zooms out and we see the two of you standing next to each other in front of this, the shape of yarn on the wall. So, Mara, how do you get to the mine, I want to know? So I think we have a, you know, like a, a map So I think that she's going to uh, turn on whatever the future Google Maps is on her slate and then kind of probably use her little pineapple glass contraption to give her like waypoint navigation in real time. Um, So I think that like as she's walking there, it's again like another moment where like she is kind of mentally interrogating how exactly she's ended up here and i think she's kind of like talking to herself and she's like you know these individuals running the minerva project i'm sure came to nolan and they said we will be sending down your recruit into a mine where they will be trying to gather data and information and nolan half listening as usual looks up and says data mining i have someone just for that (laughs) incredible spectacular pun 10 out of 10 so are you just okay so you're walking and just kind of talking to yourself yeah 
And I think maybe like if you're wa- like I think it would be like a bit of a walk to get there. I mean, I could like a, I could hop on a vehicle if that's like available. Yeah, I, I I'd I, rather I, take a vehicle. I think I think I think there could have been. I I think like maybe what's cool is like oh you get to the you walk and maybe at the edge of the city there's like I'm trying to think like what the future version of like a funicular would be right, but like something that goes like down into the valley right, like kind of a a, a people mover type thing. Hmm something aerial yeah yeah yeah. but you get into this thing and like kind of like head down into the valley and Mm -hmm. so down at the uh, at the bottom of the valley all of the kind of like roadways and walkways that you were walking on previously uh were again these like kind of raised metal paths right Mm -hmm. and down at the bottom this finally transitions into a kind of like gravel pathway that's on the ground itself and following this, you're eventually led to an open area with kind of several short buildings and structures. On Consus, the mine was essentially abandoned because of the, the drone situation, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But here, like, things are, are buzzing with activity. And the thing that strikes you the most is the sound. Um, there kind of seems to be constant noise from vehicles driving over the gravel, kind of beeping sounds from things, like, moving in reverse, and also some like higher pitch whines of heavy machinery. So I want to kind of ask in like broad strokes, what is Mara doing to investigate the mine? Kind of thought it was going to be empty, but this is interesting. Mm. So um, if we could just cut a refresh. So what we know about this particular mine yeah. is that there was a time where there was a like depletion in the lustra or as interpreted by some sort of signal. Yep. Um corresponding with some weird ship activity. Right? I, I think there's kind of two separate yeah, two separate things okay. that may have overlapped. Yeah. The the I think you're pretty much right though. It's like there was a depl- like an anomaly here, right? That showed mm-hmm. like the start of the lustra on this planet depleting and then it kind of stopped. It didn't like reverse itself, but it was like arrested somehow. Right. And then also there were these rumors of these like mysterious ships. That's what I think Shaw passed on. So I think that uh, her play is actually just going to be very like straightforward. So I think the idea here, right, is that there's already been one attack on like a major piece of infrastructure. Um, So I think that her again, her play is to find some sort of uh, project lead and just kind of like gently interrogate them in a very friendly way, like, hi, Minerva Project here, just making sure no one's going to go splody and and, and checking out what the situation is. Yeah, okay. So I I think you kind of get there and and ask ask around identify yourself as part of the Minerva project and mm-hmm. um, you're eventually shown to someone who's who they describe as the shift leader. She's a woman that's in her early forties. She has light skin, green eyes, and black hair that's kind of tied back in a ponytail. And you know I think I think like if you're just asking her like how things are going was that kind of the intro that you said or. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think it was something very basic, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm hoping, again, that this is, we're gonna, like, I, I actually, um, I think Mara actually states something like she's very excited that, uh, they have full control over their autonomous, um, yeah, like, yeah. uh, sen- <laughs> sensor units, <laughs> which probably weirds the person out, but, like, um, again, like, I, I'm, I'm, 
hoping to get a better reception yeah. than um than with like Leclerc from from Kansas. Yeah. I think she kind of is like like gives a bemused look at that, but then you know yeah. says, Yeah, things here have been pretty uh going ahead pretty much as usual. We've had a couple of slowdowns with production, but that that's to be expected, you know, especially with the lack of resources we've had coming in from Earth after the war. Mm. Really hoping we can get things sorted out um, on that front. Not saying that things were perfect when we were part of the Republic, but you know, they, they were definitely easier than they are now. Of course. So no major disturbances, strange anomalies, or anything of the sort. I know that there was an attack on the power system. Just want to make sure that everything here is working above board. Yeah. She kind of is, is sitting there thinking and says, you know, nothing here recently. We did have a, a, a cave-in a few months ago. Pretty major, actually. Um, oh. One of the side tunnels just completely collapsed in the middle of the night. The next day, we found some scorch marks around the wreckage. No one was hurt, but it really set things back in the mine. We're kind of just getting back on track with that now. Scorch marks. So perhaps in misplaced explosive or something else maybe but we're usually pretty careful here and even after all these months still haven't been able to figure out what caused the collapse with what happened a couple days ago with the reactor though i'm starting to think that this might have been intentional as well do i get the impression like if i kind of investigated it myself that i might be able to find some info over there i think that's definitely an option of what to do next if you want to do that I'm going to kind of montage that, though. So, okay. What was there anything else you wanted to ask her before you kind of go and investigate on your own? I don't think anything right now. I guess it'll depend on if I see anything. Yeah. yeah. Anything there. So I think go ahead and roll scope it out then. And then we'll kind of narrate what happens based on how that roll goes. I'm really believing in you this time, though. I don't. Okay. Scope it out. I have a plus two to calculating. So let's do this. Oh, fuck yes. 12. Awesome. There it okay. is. That is a 12. This is the success fuck we've been yeah. waiting on. I, uh, Amara ascends to godhood and uh, <laughs> she is the lustra. But that's because the, she exploded again. That's, you yeah, know yeah, what? It's like, that's it's fine. like, where am I? <laughs> There's another explosion. No, no. Okay. So um, when you take time or use sensitive equipment to closely study an object, situation, or person, you can roll plus calculating. And on 10 plus, your investigation pays off and you get to ask three questions to the list. So go ahead and ask. What I want to know, right, broadly, and mm. this is like, I'll, I'll, I'll just voice this out loud and then we can run through the list. And I think I know what I want, but we'll, we'll chit chat. So we don't know anything about the ghost ship and who may or may not be in control of that. Yeah. Anything that I could pick up, like, sensors or signals, and I do have, a like, a, a device that I could also use that I can pull up yeah, um, yeah. to, like, to to scan things. But so it would be really cool if I could find something that's, like, there's a trace or a hint of something. I know that the things that happened here were a few, day, few days ago, but, um, or weeks ago, what whatnot. Yeah. Um. So be cool to find some way that we could sniff out the ship in some sort of way. Yeah. Um, it would also be interesting to know the comings and goings of the individuals that are like 
corresponding to the luster disappearance, if that's the ghost ship, if it's another ship or something. And then I'd also, it would be really cool to know, like, if there's someone who's in on it, right, on world. So if it's not something, somebody coming from off world and, like, harvesting the lustra and moving on or perturbing the lustra in some sort of way, if there's some sort of... um like correspondence between people on what like some sort of conspiracy between two yeah. different groups of people. Um, so I think I really, I definitely want uh, who or what here could be a useful opportunity. Okay. And I think who or what here is not what they seem. Okay. And then what should I be on the lookout for? Okay. Okay. I like that. Okay. Okay. I think there's kind of going to be like two, like two parts to this answer okay hell yeah um so i think that we see like mara kind of go and and i guess like do you have like a you know you mentioned the scanner i think that the I effect of in that my gear yeah i have scanner and i will add uh i will take away a use yeah, yeah uh scan and device organism or whatever you have advantage on scope it out but i mean i got a 12 so yeah, like yeah. whatever I, I think I it's did, just to I look cool got the advantage yeah, yeah. So I think, I think, like, what does it look like in your hand? Do you want to describe that as you're kind of like walking through the mine with this thing? I think it's like a like a glove almost. Oh, cool. But not not like a not like a fingerless glove. Like she's gonna jump on a motorcycle, but like just wires and metal that are kind of just wrap around her like fingertips, right? Mm-hmm. And so she's just kind of like hovering her hand in front of things. And then moving her fingers and gesturing in a way that is like, you know, increase sonar, decrease, you know, photo optics, blah, 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 bullshit. Yeah. So I think as we see you kind of manipulating your hand and using the scanner, I think there's kind of like a couple. You get a piece of information. I'm going to tell you what you find. Okay. so I think the thing that that you determine is that. The cave-in, right? Mm-hmm. I think you kind of still see some of the residue. And I think that you determined that this was not a mining accident, right? This was caused, and I'm going to be more specific, by some kind of mm-hmm. like directed energy weapon. This was like something that might have been fired from a ship or some other kind of pretty advanced technology that would have caused this explosion in cave-in. Maybe even similar to something that you experienced previously on a personal yeah, level. my body being exploded. Yep. But as you're looking around, I think it's like you detect, it's kind of like, oh, you're going through the, the different frequencies and the waveforms and stuff with your uh, gloved hand here. And you detect some kind of something that's like out of the ordinary. It is like you're detecting a signal that is like on a like mm. on a unused comms frequency and it's coming like from inside the mine and i think you're kind of like digging through some some stuff that's kind of on the side of one of the tunnels and you find like tucked into one of the like a little crevice in one of the rock walls it is like a cylindrical device that i think that you recognize as just from the outside appearance as a kind of sensor it's something that's like that could be used to take readings, including readings of the lustra conditions in the mine. And you are kind of holding this. And I think that there's kind of two things. One is that you are detecting that it is still actively transmitting, 
And I think that you could use that active transmission to follow it back yes. to its to the like the destination of the signal. Ooh. And the other thing yes. is that you kind of flip That's it over right. and on the bottom of it you see characters that say it appears to say P172. More letters and numbers. Ooh. And at this point I want to cut back to Arno and Nasir. All right. So I think we pick up and like just it's exactly where we left off and this man is like on the ground. I think there's like blood and the slate has kind of skidded off onto the street. I grab my slate, return it to my bag or pocket or my pocket and then run to this man and try to staunch the bleeding immediately. Call out for help. What's Arno doing as you're holding the gun? I'm going to put the pistol away and I'm going to put my uh, military uniform, the jacket over the the t-shirt at this point. I do want to be identified as, Oh yeah. um, As someone from the fleet. It's just like the pink shirts, like peeking out underneath. God. Okay. That's a great shot. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think you just like silently, I think it's like, it's grim. I think Mm -hmm. you like put the pistol away and I think you like slowly put the jacket back on over. Mm -hmm. And I think like, People on the street are looking at you and trying to like suss out what happens. Mm-hmm. And I think as you walk up toward Nasir, and and Nasir, you're like putting your hands on this gunshot wound. Yep. And I think it kind of like he got like shot through. And I think you're you've like flipped him on his back and are trying to kind of stop the bleeding from his stomach. Mm-hmm. And you see his trench coat slip away. And on his belt, you see the badge of a constable of the Office of Public Safety. 